Welcome to the Six Ways to Sunday podcast, hosted by award-winning television director, documentary filmmaker, author, and speaker, Craig D. Forrest. Join Craig for the next few minutes as he interviews leaders, artists, and creatives about trends and insights shaping our digital world and faith-based media. This podcast is produced and brought to you by Matchstick Media International. Now, here's Craig. Welcome to the podcast. We have Lynn Wilson here with us today. He is a church media guru, a creative, and a communications professional. You know, one of the things that I I tell church leaders, and they shake their head a little bit, but I say, look, if you've got live streaming, you've got cameras, as you you begin your service, feel completely free to look into the the main camera and say, we want to welcome everyone who's watching by live stream today. You are welcome in our church. Pull up a chair, wherever you're at, cup of coffee enjoy our service you're part of our audience part of our congregation today we welcome you and uh, every now and then to break the fourth wall and to look into that camera uh, and realize that the camera is actually a viewer uh, and and they're real people that are watching uh, near and far and uh, the un- it's perfectly okay to address them as well and I kind of get the feeling that viewership and the audience congregation that's watching and experiencing live stream likes that that oh, uh, yeah. that they've yeah. been included in. Yeah, you, you agree with that? Absolutely. And my team and I were struggling with that a little bit. We actually printed out some data and took it to one of our worship planning teams and some of our pastors and showed them the hundreds of people. Uh, I think this was about a month ago. Mm-hmm. We came up with it between our three Sunday morning times. We had over three hundred people oh, who wow. were coming in. You know, through live stream, I said, "This is a whole venue. This right. is a this is another mini congregation you're talking about right. that you're reaching to." So, right. you know, that, that seeing those hard numbers was kind of an eye opener, I think, for my, my pastoral colleagues. There you go. Absolutely. I, um, Phil Cook said something on our podcast a while back. He said he was working with a church that was able to convert uh, converts the wrong word to a challenge uh, the the viewers on live stream to become regular givers and tithers to the church. And uh, they were able to have uh, one third of everyone watching began. They, they began to become uh, regular givers to the church. That they began to see themselves as part of the congregation, and part of the mission and the ministry, uh, and send their tithes and and special offerings, whatever it might be, because they felt as though they were part of the congregation, even though physically they weren't there. And I was sort of. Uh, stunned by that in a good way and I thought how well how wise is that to mm. uh, to say in your case if you've got 300 people or 300 outlets of, of groups homes yeah. uh, locations watching you and 100 of them start to become givers and tithers to your church well then you go to the pastor and say look media is working here's the financial way I can tell you that it worked and I, yes. think, I, I think that's incredible Absolutely, and you're talking about outlets. That's actually a critical point to make, Craig, because we're talking about unique IPs. We're not right. talking about eyeballs. Right. And they've shown that it's oh, it's between two and three people. I forget the exact number on average per IP address. So you're really talking not about 300, but about say 750 or so, yeah, okay. you know, if you go with those averages. Okay. One of the things that Phil said, and maybe you can jump on it, is they made sure at this at this church he was talking about to uh, to email the people or to go. Uh, Inter- in, you know, contact them and say, hey, well, what do you think of the, the live broadcast today? Uh, and begin an exchange of conversation. And I thought, you know, not every live stream can do that, but when you can, that is a wonderful way to engage 
uh, the audience that is watching and listening wherever they might be, tablet, smartphone, uh, computer, or in our case when my wife Rebecca and I sometimes can't get to church because we have elderly parents, we will watch uh, a, a church. Uh, we'll sit in the living room at 8 o'clock and, and have the 8 o'clock service, have our cup of coffee, and we feel like we're part of that congregation. So that uh, interchange and connection, I think, is really important. Some churches might want to even consider, if they're moving this direction, the concept of an online pastor. Oh, wow. Yeah, we don't have this here, but I've seen it done other places, and I've thought about doing it here as well. But it would be somebody who... Uh, lives in chat, you know, you set up a live chat next to the uh, embed on your, your browser page. Uh, and so you're able to ask those questions even real time live. Um, so you're taking advantage of the medium. You know, it's not like in worship when you're, you're sitting there passively receiving teaching. Sure. You know, with the medium, you have an opportunity to interact. So why not take advantage of that? So if someone has a question, um, you, you can, you can uh, invite people to participate. You can pull in additional facts about the sermon. You know, if the pastor makes a point uh, in a text, you might be able to, to throw in an extra sentence or two during the course of the sermon wow. and create you know, more of an interactive experience. Uh, you know, during the, and then you have follow-ups afterwards. This same person could be your social media pastor, you know, as you keep the conversation going throughout the week. Great conversation so far with Lynn Wilson, church media guru. We'll be back in 32 seconds after this message. This podcast features engaging conversations with leaders, artists, and creatives sharing about current trends and insights shaping our digital world and faith-based media. Today's episode is produced by Matchstick Media International, a nonprofit that's passionate about inspiring both visionary leaders and young creatives to harness the power of media to further the gospel. To learn more, visit us at matchstickmedia.org. Now, back to Craig. We're talking to Lynn Wilson here. You can find him on his blog at lynnwilson.us. And you are also, have written a number of books, I, I think from what I read, at least 10, and you have a new one coming out, Think Like a Five-Year-Old, Reclaim Your Wonder and uh, Create Great Things. Talk about the book and uh, what, what would a reader get from that book? Uh, the basis of the book is the concept that we're all creative geniuses, and most of us have lost sight of that. Uh, it kind of gets in my craw a little bit, Craig, when I hear people say the phrase, I'm not creative. Okay. I, I think we're all creative. We're, we're, we're made in God's image. We're made to create. We're made creative. Um, most of us have self-inhibited, and we have lost sight of our creativity. And so the book asks the question about how do we lose it, and how do we get it back? And what are the ways in which we create? Uh, I use the uh, uh, greatest commandment. Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength. I use heart, mind, soul, strength as four types of creative expression. Just talk about we can, um, you know, soul, art, hearts, uh, uh, our passions and mission, uh, mind, you know, what are kind of creative ways we can think, strength, uh, uh, kind of more of an engineering or systems building, you know, all the different types of ways in which we can be uh, more creative. And the book title comes from a study that was done, a long, longitudinal or long-term study that was done through NASA. It began during the space race. They interviewed 1,500, uh, well, actually what, it started is it was a, um, it was a uh, filtering mechanism for potential astronaut candidates okay. during the space race. So they wanted to find people who were just creative geniuses. They could be able to respond in crisis situations if they're in space, you know, just all the different things they had to do in order to be able to get someone to the moon. 
And they took the same test they had given astronauts, which was very predictive, uh, very successful in being able to identify um, good astronauts. They took the same test, gave it to 1,500 five-year-olds, found out that 98% of those five-year-olds were creative geniuses. Oh, my goodness. And they followed, they decided to follow these students uh, every five years. And the same student group, 1,500 kids, went from 98% creative genius at age five to age 10, 30% creative genius. Okay, so obviously there's something happened. What happened? Uh, well, it, keeps, it gets worse, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, to 15 years old, 12% creative genius. And then by the time we're adults, it's 2% creative genius. And educators talk about something called the fourth grade slump. And they see something happen to us when we're somewhere between third and fifth grade where we start paying more attention of the approval of others. And so we begin to, to self-inhibit or filter our thoughts according to what we think other people will find acceptable. And by doing that, we take away the, the freedom of expression that en enables us to be able to think creatively, which, of course, is the basis for uh, innovation. Uh, it's the basis for, I think, much more than just practices. I think it's the basis for vitality, for basis for joy. Uh, it's, the, it's the basis, to some degree, if you look at the garden, of our entire relationship with God. I, I think if you look at Adam in Genesis 2, God created us to create. Right. Rick, Rick Warren talks about that even. Right. You know, so just this idea that we're, in fact, God gave, the very first thing God did when he made Adam was give him a creative project, said name the animals. Right. You know, and, and, and the co-creative experience we originally had in the garden with God is this intimate kind of experience where we know God through the things we're doing together, the things we're creating together. So when we create, there's a way in which we're rediscovering what it is that God intended us for, to be and to do from the beginning. Excellent. Yeah, and, and Craig, this whole thing actually starts because of, of my frustration. You know, you mentioned Phil Cook. Phil's an acquaintance on the road. I, I've been in the same space with, with him many times. And, you know, when you're on the speaking circuit, there's this thing that happens. And, and you give a seminar or a workshop. People get excited. They write down some notes. They furiously take dictation. And they go back to their church, and maybe they might implement a thing or two, but Sunday comes, and Sunday comes, and you just kind of fall back in your rut. And I got really frustrated after a decade of doing that, where I felt like that we were attacking tactics and methodologies, but not really hitting the root and the core of what was going on. So this book, you're right, it's my 10th book. It's different than all my other books, because my other books were about methodologies. This book looks at the deeper core okay. and says, what's going on? Why are we losing our creativity, and how do we get that back? Excellent conversation today with Lynn Wilson, church media guru, communication specialist, and a true creative. Hope you will join us for the next episode where we will continue this wonderful, wonderful conversation. You've been listening to the Six Ways to Sunday podcast with Craig D. Forrest, brought to you by Matchstick Media International, dedicated to excellence in media through inspiration, vision, and education. To learn more, visit us on the web at matchstickmedia.org. That's matchstickmedia.org. Your generous donations, large or small, help defray costs for producing this creative podcast. Thanks for listening and subscribing.